0: exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God. This is The Cumberland Road. I'm your host, TJ Milanowski. In this episode on The Cumberland Road, I'm in conversation with Reverend Alfred Roundtree. Alfred is the minister at Walton Grove Cumberland Presbyterian Church in America. And he also works with individuals with intellectual disabilities. Alfred shares with me a transformative journey from the life of gangs, drugs, and alcoholism to becoming a Christian and later a minister. We talk about how walking away from a former life left him with moments of loneliness and isolation and how he gained a new family and new relationships with God and others. In it all, Alfred says, if you want to make God laugh, you tell God your plans. Enjoy my conversation with Reverend Alfred Roundtree on the Cumberland Road. Alfred Roundtree, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Let's start with, uh, we were talking before, before we started recording, um, you were working earlier today. Tell me more about where you work at and in that field.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you, TJ, for allowing me to be a part of the podcast. Um, it is my pleasure to be here and uh and just tell you a little bit about my background as far as what i do for a living i work with individuals with intellectual disabilities and um it's so rewarding because we help them to live a life as normal as possible um you know we don't do a lot of you know hand holding and and you know as far as uh, you know doing everything for them but we encourage them to do things for themselves and and make them feel like they're independent and they can be a part of today's society. And so it's very, very rewarding. And I love what I do.
0: Alfred, do you work with individuals with intellectual delay, both men and women and various ages? Do you work for an agency? Do you work for a center or is it a home? Okay. I've peppered Uh, you with a lot of questions there. (laughs)
1: Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I, um, I actually work uh, for a agency, uh, but uh, we go into their homes and we uh, help them with different tasks, encourage them with different tasks as far as like washing dishes or, or helping them or what we call support them because uh, our company is called Support Solutions. And what we do, we support the uh, intellectual, uh, those with intellectual disabilities on living a normal life. And so we just, um, we don't necessarily do things for them unless we have to, you know, know, of course, if something could cause some kind of harm, we will step in and do something, you know, do it for them, but for the most part, we encourage them to do it for themselves or assist them along the way uh, in doing such tasks, I mean, something as washing clothes, uh, um, doing uh, the laundry, folding laundry. And those things are so rewarding to them, and you know for them to just do these things and and they're very, very uh, appreciative, very appreciative. and so it's so rewarding to me to be a part of that and uh, and and we have like, In the Dow County area, we have like seven homes that we go into, and and we just make sure that they're safe and uh, make sure they are supported.
0: Alfred, keeping with uh, the individual's privacy, uh, do you work in just one home, or do you work in multiple homes just depending on the day of the week?
1: I work in various homes. it just depends on the day of the week. Um, um, I say in a week I probably work in three, maybe three to four homes, uh, and it's most of the time it's as uh, well not most of the time, but sometimes there is a exception because sometimes we're short of staff and we may have to have uh, they may call me into a different house. So uh, you yeah. know. Pretty
0: much. Well, Alfred, I appreciate what you do. I used to work in the with the uh, intellectual disability community, and for the caregivers or the support staff. Um, there may be other terms, but those were terms that were used back when I worked in that field. Yeah. Really, really, are able to help folks with intellectual disabilities live a fullest life as possible. So I appreciate what you do and what others do. And I realize it can be a job, but really, you end up making friends with, with the people that you are, are caring for and you you get to become part of their lives and part of the, and and it's a ministry as well.
1: Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, I go, I was telling, matter of fact, I was telling one of the staff um, that I relieved today. I was telling her, I said, "This is the first job that I ever had that I look forward to come to work." I said, I said, "Every other job, I was grudgingly getting up, and oh man, I hate to get up, <laughs> but this job, I look forward to it because, you know, like you said, I, I I go to see my buddies, you know, and and, and they become so, I become so fond of them and they become fond of me. And so when they see me, we give fist bumps and, you know, and, uh, you know, just enjoy, enjoy each other. And so it's, like you said, it's more, more than a job. It's like a ministry. Yeah. And, um, I just love serving in that capacity.
0: Well, you get to develop relationships with, you know, one or more persons in the home. Alfred, what, What is the most rewarding aspect about working in this field and with this community?
1: Well, I guess just to be able to be able to be a service, be able to serve, give my time and, uh, and just to be pretty much just to be a a service to them. And because not only are they a service to, I'm a service to them they are a service to me cuz I learn a lot from these guys and and you know I learn a lot about patience I learn a lot about just um uh routine they're very adamant about routine and uh and so I, I I pick up a lot of stuff from them also
0: Yeah Well Alfred this is not your only calling and vocation you are also a minister in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in America So talk about that for a minute and the church that you serve and, and, uh, how long you've been ordained.
1: Okay. Oh, well, I am the proud pastor of Walton Grove Covenant Presbyterian church in America. Uh, I've been pastoring there for 11 years now. Um, have, um, it's been a wonderful journey. Um, and uh, I never thought that I would be pastoring because I live in Diasburg, Tennessee. Our church is in Henry, Tennessee and so I never thought I would be traveling so far for that many years. (laughs) I didn't see that one coming but but they say, you know, I like to tell people you want to make God laugh, you tell them your plan. And so
0: (laughs) Was
1: a, that was one of the things that, I, you know, I, he, he took me back. I'm like, whoa, okay, Lord. And at the time, the car that I had was, oh, man, it was, let's, let's say uh, I was winging it, <laughs> but I drove it. I was actually, you know, with my fingers crossed, hoping I'd make it to the church. Uh, but I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if you allow me to, when they asked me to become their pastor, and um, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, this is it. You know, uh, they want me to become their pastor, but the car that I'm driving right now, I, said, I know it's not going to make it every, every Sunday. I said, but I know if you allow it to make it every Sunday, I will, I will, uh, I will do it. And I went home that night and I prayed and um, pretty much throughout that week uh, prayed and, and the Lord just gave me something my spirit and told me you know, this is it, accept this vocation. This you know, and I uh, called them and told them that I accept the call. And um uh, and rest is history. <laughs> I've been there eleven years.
0: Eleven years. With a different car, right?
1: With a with a different car. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yes, with a different car. Yes. The yes, Lord he, he is uh, uh He really, um, he really, you know, um, I'm just amazed and just thinking about it right now, I'm thinking about me driving down the road with tires that were, I mean, could bust any time and now looking today and what I'm driving today, what the Lord has blessed me with, and I just thank God for it, um, you know so uh i'm just humbled and and just thank god every day
0: alfred what um what recent encounter have you had that just really was so meaningful to you just drew you that much closer to to god in your in your personal relationship and also as a minister
1: oh wow um i would say I will say just to see see people who are who come from the same background that I came from and seeing them totally a total transformation and knowing it can be nobody but God. And that just make just does something to my heart. And and when I see the transformation that I see uh, you know the way they walk and, and the way they, I mean the Everything changed about them. And you know it could be nobody but God. And it just, I'm, I'm just marveled by it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, Lord, you are amazing. You're amazing. Because, I, and that's why I tell people, if he can do it for me, I know he can do it for you. And, uh, and he can actually change your whole uh, frame of thing, your whole paradigm of what you thought life is, or, or you thought life was and um uh, and that's what he did for me, so that's one of the the most you know um i i guess um thing that really gripped me as a minister and as a um as a Christian, just to seeing people transformed by the holy spirit
0: hmm. well, let's talk about um a little deeper about your own faith journey okay uh were you raised in the church did, or did you develop a relationship with God later in life? What? Well, what's your journey?
1: Um, oh, my journey. Oh man, how long do we have? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but <laughs> my journey, my uh, didn't come from a religious background. Uh, my mother, she, she knew of God, you know, and she, you know, heard through the grapevine, you know, a different things about God, but she didn't really have a relationship as a, my dad, same way, didn't really have a relationship, but my grandparents, they had a deep relationship, uh, with, and, uh, with the Lord and, um, they were avid Christians. They, they, they went to church on Sundays, they prayed every, uh, two, three times a day, you know, mm-hmm. and as a kid seeing that it was weird. You know, I'm like, what's she doing in there on her knees? You know, you know, but you know, it was weird because I, I wasn't used to that. But uh, my grandmother, she was a very, very, she was very influential in my knowing God, and uh, and she would actually teach us, my brother and I, she would teach us the Lord's Prayer. Uh, she was um, every morning she would. If we spend the night over there, we know that, you know, we'll spend the weekend with my grandparents. We know we're gonna wake up in the morning, smell bacon cooking and eggs cooking and you can hear her singing gospel songs in the kitchen. And, you know, and, and we sit at the table and before anybody ate, everyone said, said you know, grace, you know, and, um, and it was just something different. Now, when I went home, it was a whole different environment, hmm. you know. Um, we didn't, we didn't really say prayer. We didn't, you know, you know, it was just totally different. It was night and day. Um, but um, as time went on, I, I wound up growing up and getting around the wrong crowds. And, um, uh, at the age of eight, well, at the age of seventeen, I, um, I was still seventeen, you know, 17 and a half. I, um, had my first child. Um, uh, he was, uh, um, I, I guess I was about 18, correct? Yeah. But anyway, I started to run with gangs. I started to run with, uh, um, got into alcoholism, uh, got into selling drugs, um, got into, um, just all kind of things that, uh. I saw out there, because I, I saw what was going on out there in the street, but I didn't have no one to pull me back and say, hey, 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 this is not the route to go. You know, my mother, bless her heart, she she did her best with, you know, when when her and my father, uh, they divorced. Uh she did her best to raise us. And also she had uh epilepsy. And that was real hard on her. Uh, which that you know me being the oldest out of five boys, I had to stay home from school uh, and take care of her and uh, make sure you know when she have her episodes or whatnot. But but I I grew up in that in that environment and that environment what you know molded me into that person that I thought I was. You know that's what I. Was, was destined to be and at that time I didn't think I was gonna able to see it. 21 years old how fast life was going and it was going so fast I was growing so fast and uh and I, I just didn't see it so I wound up going to jail thank god just jail not prison jail uh I went to jail and it was an eye-opener for me and uh and I started to meet some interesting people and they was jail ministry, jail ministry. And they would come in and they would uh, share the word with us. And I just came just immersed in the word. And I'm like, oh man, this is good. You know, and uh, we would have our little Bible studies in our cell and then, you know, and we had one guy, he would, he would sing some, Oh, he was a man can sing and we were saying, man, it was like, you know, it wasn't jail anymore, you know, I, I was like free, but it jail. you know, so it, was, it, it was just life for me, and I'm like, oh, man, but I've been, I've been missing this the whole time, you know, and uh, I, you know, when I got out of jail, I said, hey, I'm going straight and narrow, I'm living for the Lord, this is it, and, uh, of course, the old buddies come back around, and, uh, you know, going back into the old neighborhood and wind up, I go, I went back out there in the streets again. I went back out doing the same thing I was doing. Fast forward a little bit, a little bit later. Uh say a few years later, um, I started a record company. Um, and I I got a friend of mine to become the co-CEO, and we had Uh, hip-hop artists signed to our group. And we would travel and go places all the time. We, um, in a, in a drunken stupor, you know, just everywhere. We just, you know, uh, as they say, living like a rock star. That's basically what we were were living in that life, you know. And so, uh, afterwards, you know, it was something that pricked my heart. And I said something's not right. I'm, I just wouldn't fulfill. I just, you know, the things that used to fulfill me, the things that used to I thought gave me satisfaction, didn't give me satisfaction and more. And um, I met my girlfriend. At the time, was my girlfriend back twenty some years ago. Uh, she's my wife now, uh, and um, and I met I met her at a club. Never thought in a million years that we would wind up together and children. But I met her at a club and she said, hey, you know, we met prior uh, through mutual friends. And uh, we saw each other at the club again and we are like, hey, hey, you know, we need to catch up, you know. And so she wound up calling me at home the next day, which that morning I'm almost I had a hangover and I'm like, Oh, man. Uh, uh, Do you remember me? Yeah, I remember. (laughs) you. But in (laughs) a way, long story short, we started dating, and we started dating. Like I said, I was still out here in the streets. I was still trying to do music, and um, I met her mother. Oh, what a sweetheart. And she loved the Lord. Oh, my goodness. And I'll tell you, I introduced myself. And the first time she seen me, her mother told her, she said, it's something different about him. Jay, he's not like the other boys you bring around (laughs) And
0: (laughs) That that could mean more than one thing.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It's like, so I'm hoping is that good or bad? Right. (laughs) And so she's like, she said, oh, that's good. That's good. My mom thinks a lot of you. And uh, she invited me over for dinner. And I ate dinner with them and uh and she had the yeah, oh man homemade pecan pie. Oh my goodness. And and then from that point on, uh, she started making me pecan pies. Cause that's what I, I, I like to pecan pies. But uh what she didn't know, my lifestyle outside of, outside of you know the house. So so I would come over there and which she didn't allow nobody to spend the night over there. You know, no men at all, you know. And so one night, I couldn't make it home because I, which her mother didn't know. So uh, I've been drinking. And her mother said, uh, she asked her mother, could I spend a night? And her mother said, well, he can sleep on the couch. And you go to your bedroom. And he can sleep there. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we did. (laughs) And so the next morning, the next morning was Saturday, I mean Sunday. So she asked me, hey, um, ask your friend, do you want to go to church with me? Y'all yeah, go to church with me. And I'm just getting over, you know, I hang over, I'm like, oh man, I'm just like, I don't want to go to church. And she said, okay, well maybe next time. So the next weekend I came over, she let me spend the night again. The next Sunday, uh, she asked me to go to church. I said, no, nah, I'm fine. No, we Thank you for asking. And so my my uh, girlfriend at time, she was like, Hey, you wanna get on mom's good side? You didn't need to quit turning her down when she asked you ask to go to church. You need to go to church with her at least once. So, you know, so you can get some brownie points, okay? I'm like, oh okay, gotcha. So that next Sunday, when well, that next Saturday I came, home. she let me spend like that next Saturday, and uh, and I said, Miss Vicky, I said I, I want to go to church with you today. She said, Oh, well, that's good, that's good. And so we got in the car, and I'm like, Oh man, I can't wait to just get over with home. I said, But well, I don't, you know, I'm taking one for the team, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Okay. So I went to church and, and I walked up in this church and I saw the people and they were praising God. They were stomping their feet and I'm like, wow, you can just feel the electric, the ambience of praise in the place. You know, it was just like, ah. And I sat there and I'm like, with my arms folded, my mother-in-law, she clapping and clapping clapping. I had just had my arm folded, I'm sitting there. And then a man got up and he stood at the pulpit. And he began to preach. Oh my goodness. I've never heard anything like it. Tears watered up in my eyes. And I'm like, oh, this, this guy. He, he, he's just so charismatic. And his name was Roscoe Miles Jr. Reverend Miles from Close Chapel. They were having a fifth Sunday rally. And it was at um, New Hopewell at the time. And he preached. Oh, man. It went all over me that I was not the same. I left from that church and I told my mother in law, I said, I want to go back next Sunday. So I went back the next Sunday. It was a different preacher. And I said, Where where's the other preacher that preached last <laughs> Sunday? She said, oh. she said, Oh, no. That was that was fifth Sunday. She said, you know, we get a preacher every, you know, uh, they do rotation and they preach, you know. And I said, so where are we? Where are we? He said, I'm at my home church. This is uh this is uh, Fairview. I said, oh okay, okay. So I I was introduced to the pastor and uh he was such a nice guy, and and we just jailed. We we just jailed and I started going, started going every Sunday. He said, I would like to make you Sunday school teacher. Would you like that? I'm like, Yes, sir. And all the time. I was growing, I was maturing, and I was teaching the children. But then the old me was still lurking. So I had to do something because now there's a fight, there's a tug. And so I told my partner that I was doing music with, I said, I can't do it anymore. He said, what? What are you doing? Man, we got this, man, we got this. Like, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I said, there's something in my heart that's pulling me to the Lord. And and I'm giving my heart to the Lord. And he said, man, you just don't know what you're missing. I said, no, I don't think you know what you're missing. (laughs) And um, and from that time on, I gave everything up. I gave the music up. I gave, oh, man, um, you know, people that said they were my friends. I, I felt lonely and isolated for a long period of time. Because everyone that I hung with, everyone that I was affiliated with, they shunned me. Most of them did. They shunned me and say, you know, like, but uh, in the process, God was bringing new people in my life. God brought, oh, man, so many great people in my life. I just, oh, man. And at that time, uh, we was at Bible study. And uh, pastor said, you know what? I've been watching you. He said, you've been here every Sunday, you, you serve, you help out around the church. And he said, I'd like to make you one of my deacons. He said, how about that? I said, that sounds good to me. I said, deacon's fine. I said, you know, whatever you need me to do. And so I went home that night and there was a yearning. I can't describe it today, but it was something inside of me was saying, there's more. There's more for you to do. And I keep shaking it, and I'm like, "No, this ain't this ain't what I'm thinking. No, this can't be." And he just constantly just was drilling me every day, and I'm like, "Lord, is you calling me to do something that I'm thinking you calling me to do?" And he never gave me an answer, and it, it's just that yearning just kept going on in my soul like something was missing like i need i, I just felt an urge a sense of urgency to the tale of the world about this god mm-hmm. that saved me that changed me that that turned my life around and i'm like wow you know and i said lord are you calling me to preach i said no it can't be it can't be so um Long story short, I wound up going to church uh, on Wednesday night, Wednesday night. And so I just had the nerve. I said, after pastor get through teaching Wednesday night, I'm, I'm just going to go up and tell him what's been going on. And so I, after service, I, I called him to the back to pastor's study. And he asked me, uh, is, there, is, anything, is everything okay? I said, oh, yeah, everything okay. I said, i got a problem. He said, what's the problem? I took a deep breath and I let the wind out. (laughs) I said, Pastor, (laughs) I think the Lord is calling me to preach. And he looked at me and smiled. And he said, son, he said, I'm going to tell you what my pastor told me. He said, if the Lord's called you to preach, he said, you'll know it. He said, like, the nose on your face, you know it. And I'm like, okay, that's an answer, I guess. <laughs> so, and so I left that day. TJ, when I left, there was just something, I mean, it was something different. I, I just, I couldn't describe it. But anyway, I went on that Saturday. I was working for this uh Asphalt company at the time. And I was the supervisor. And so I had to go in on Saturday. And at the time, I was living in Dyersburg, And this uh, place was in Halls. Halls, Tennessee. And so it was maybe a 20, 25-minute drive. So I'm getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I got up and do my normal. Uh, Got my keys. And I got in the car. And while I'm riding, a gospel song came on that really put me in worship mode and I cried all the way so it felt like I was resisting like I, I, I was trying not to cry but it was just something that kept tugging at me and tugging and I just cried I just cried all the way to the gate and when I got to the gate believe it or not TJ this is where it happened I stood at the gate and I fell on my knees. And I prostrated myself on the ground. If somebody would have seen me, they probably thought I was crazy. And I told the Lord, I surrender. I said, I surrender. I said, whatever you want me to do, Father, I surrender. And I just cried. I, I didn't know I stayed in cry for about 10 minutes. Hmm. And 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 before and, and, and when I got up, I had rocks on my face and everything, and I was just myself off it. And I just felt, I felt a release. Hmm. I felt a sense of peace. I felt so good, I don't know. It was like a weight was lifted off of me. And uh, now the hard part is telling my family. And so I uh, opened the gate up, went to work the next day. I'm with it at night. I told my fiance time. tell myself, I said, I just accepted my calling. She said, what are you talking about? I said, I accepted my calling. The Lord has called me to preach. She said, are you serious? I said, absolutely. I called my mother. Mom, hey. (laughs) Mom, uh, the Lord has called me to preach. Really? How do you know? I know, you know. And so that next, that next Sunday, it was, it was some kind of program was going on. But then next Sunday, uh, after service, um, and the pastor opened up the church, opened up the doors of the church, invitation to discipleship, and I stood up and I just told the congregation, I said, I just can't run anymore. I said, I'm tired. I'm exhausted spiritually. I said, because I've been trying to run from something that God has deposited inside of me. And I said, I'm tired. And I said, I accept my calling today. And the church went bananas. Everybody, <laughs> it went a dry in the church. My pastor hugged me. He cried. We all cried. And that right there was the beginning of my faith journey as far as uh as far as you know, coming to Christ
0: and going into the ministry. Alfred, that is amazing. Um, I didn't know all those pieces to, to your faith journey. Yeah. Which was harder to tell your family and the ones that you were closest to that you were accepting the call in the ministry? Or do you think it was harder to tell your friends and your coworker that you'd been hanging out with and some of the choices you made as a younger Alfred and in pulling away from that, which do you think was harder?
1: I think the, the first one, I mean, the one where I have to tell my friends that I I couldn't do the things that they were doing anymore. Mm. And God is calling me on another journey. And these are guys I call my brothers. These were guys that were, you know, my, you know, been around me for uh, most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling them I have to detach myself from that lifestyle. It was hard. It was hard. It was hard. It was, uh, I really depended on, on my faith at that time, really hard, because at that time I felt lonely. I felt isolated, you know, because I really, you know, I was being validated by the things that were uh, external and the things like the people I was around and, and the things that I wasn't able to accomplish. But when I found out when I started to really look internally and know that God is, he's with me, I'm not alone, you know, um, you know, and hold on to my faith that God is going to, He's going to bring people in your life, you know, that's going to, uh, that's going to change you and build you and, and, um, deposit things in you that's going to make you better. And so, um, it took me a while to grasp it. And I, you know, I'm not going to say I grasped it right then, but it, 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 it was a journey. It was a journey just constantly, you know, and right today, I have people, some of the guys that I hung with at that time, you know, the first thing they asked me, are you still preaching?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you still preaching? You know, like it's, it's a job. I mean, I mean, of course it's a job, but it, it, you know, like it's something that was turn on and turn off, you know,
0: or an invitation, an invitation to come right. back could be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and I'm like, oh no, you know, I'm still preaching. And so, I think that that was it right there. I
0: uh I think, I think, I think of a lot of you know young men and young women who you know are seeking God, seeking a relationship with God, may not even be able to articulate it, and and. That's yes. totally fine in those early moments of that relationship. Yes. But to let go of the familiar, of your friends, yes. of of what you know, even if you know that it's wrong. Yes. And to to really you know, they use that word leap, to leap in faith, yes. that's a hard thing to do and especially especially yes. alone. I think that's where we come in, yeah. uh, you know, as disciples of but Christ I, to come in and help bridge those gaps. But Alfred, that's right. if you were to bump into the younger Alfred, knowing what you know now and knowing where you are now, what would you tell young, young Alfred and would he be able to hear it?
1: I, I think uh, I would tell the young Alfred, there's greatness in you. There's greatness in you. God has already deposited something so great. You are so great. And now it's time for you to walk in your greatness because you were made from the image of God. That's powerful. And to know that you are someone who was beautifully and wonderfully made. And there are some great things that God has for you. If you were willing to accept it, and uh, and I believe, I mean, I believe that uh, the old me will definitely listen, would definitely take uh, take note of it, if you will, you know, and say mm, that old African, he may get a point there, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I, you know. So I don't know if he he fully listen. But I but I know he would definitely
0: take note, you know, like, oh, okay, okay. I wonder about that myself for me. Um, if I bumped into a younger TJ, would we ever get over the hump of how time has ravaged me and I'm bald? Could yeah. we get beyond that to get to those <laughs> kernels of wisdom, you know, Or would that be an would that be an obstacle for a younger TJ? (laughs) What happened to your hair? You look so old.
1: (laughs) Oh man. And my my uh my younger self would say, What happened? Man, what did you do? Because back then I was I was probably 150 pounds slimmer back then. And so probably, whoa. oh oh man yeah (laughs) what happened
0: (laughs) yeah i'd have to convince the younger tj to get over just close your eyes don't look at me i want you to hear what i have to say (laughs) i just want to
1: thank you i just want you to hear it don't look yeah
0: alfred in the interesting time that we live in today where do you see god working where do you see god's presence
1: oh wow wow that's a good question um i think we i think i see in the time we're living now i think um i see god's presence and um it used to be i i would i would say the church per se but now in the times that we're living now, we all have to pivot, uh, and and a lot of churches are closing or have closed, and and I will say I will see God moving in the um, technology realm, if you will, and I see the presence of God being being conveyed to so many people uh, via Zoom, via you know these different. Um, social platforms that are out here now that were almost um, ostracized, if you will, if you were told someone, "Hey, you know, uh, put it on Zoom." You know, no, I'm not going to put it on Zoom. How to work Zoom? You know, but this pandemic made us pivot. Mm-hmm. It made us get get out of our comfort zone and 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 find uh, creative ways. To get the word still get the word out there to the people you know even not in a brick and mortar uh building uh so i, I think god's presence is, is is being you know uh is being used through social media and and through uh, these different uh telecommunication uh, you know uh, objects because it has been I've seen so many pastors now who have gone to uh, uh, Facebook Live and uh, Zoom and, um, oh, man, I use Zoom almost for everything now. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's just, I mean, things are changing, you know, in the world we live in now. And now it's easier to, uh, you know, I still believe. There's nothing like being in the presence of other people and uh, being in there, you know, uh, being able to, to physically say hello. And, right. you know, but in the same, at the same token uh, using this technology is, is awesome. And I hear someone, uh, someone say, well, technology is of the devil. I, you know, I hear, one, I hear one older lady say that technology is the devil. I said, well, I said, I won't say it's of the devil. I said, it all depends on how you use it. Mm-hmm. I said, if you use it for evil, it, it, yeah, okay. It can come off as evil, but if you're using it for good, it yeah. can come off as good. So, um, And I was telling her about Zoom and these different things. We're spreading the gospel all across the world, all wow. across the nation. I mean, when we could just, um, we only are able to spread the gospel just in our local congregation. Now we can spread abroad, you know?
0: Right. It is a useful tool. Well, spe- yes, in, yes. speaking of the church, you and I met in New Hopewell Presbytery, and I have membership in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church and the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in, in America. And I want to yes. talk about the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in America because you've been a member of it longer than I have. I wanted to ask what hopes, what dreams do you have for the denomination now, but also in the future?
1: Oh, man, that is a great question. Wow. Uh, I would have to say, <laughs> I would have to say uh, the dreams I will see. The- um, I would love to see more unity. I would love to see us as a, as a denomination, not only be more, be more, um, in unison with one another, but to also, um, be willing to, uh, go out and have more outreach ministries and things of that nature, um. Uh, you know, where we can bring people into the Coming Presbyterian Church in America, which uh, now this is just my, my thoughts and my uh, opinion. However, um, I believe that there are different generations. And in the denomination, these the generations are dying out. And there's no one there to re- replace. Or pass the mantle to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in our denominations, and it's sad, you know, when, when we see it, um, you know, when so many people are are dying, we have no young uh, people that can come and take the mantle and move and, and move it, you know, um, into where God will have them to move, um, and so that that sort of, i ain't gonna say. I, w- I will say that it's disheartening because uh, I don't want to see the church just dissolve. But if we're not moving, if we're stagnant, it's eventually, you know, uh, you know, it is it, eventually going to dissolve. And so I, I, I just see that uh, my dreams and, and hopes for the coming Christian church that we will get more vigor, get, get more, uh um, Zealous and and just you know uh, really get fired up you know get fired up and and bring us bring more of the young generation uh, look at into the X generation and 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 what they call the Z generation um, and, and bring them into the church and and not so much as being a you know uh, having some type of gimmick but have grace mm-hmm. grace to bring you know show them the lord's grace and 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 just uh let them know that you know uh it's room it's room for you at the cross you know and uh and if I, I believe that we move in that direction if we move start to uh not settle for old you know and we just settle you know um i preached a sermon one time that said uh um, don't put an open sign on the brick. No, it was uh, yeah. Don't put an open sign on the door if the bakery is closed. And what that means, I mean, don't you know? Don't advertise something that that is not there. You know, you know, you got a bakery, and and you cooking, and and the stove hasn't been on in a year. Mm-hmm. But you gotta open side. and when folks walk in and they were like, where's the bread? Mm-hmm. There's, <laughs> there's no bread. There's no bread computer, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so uh, you know, I I, I just see more vigor yeah. and, and we as, and we come and be it more united. And um and just you know, uh, and not only that, not only the common Presbyterian church in America, but also, you know. The peace church, you know, we we have, you know, reach out, touch. We, you know, it, it gets so, I don't know, it it gets so um, I don't really use the right term, where we we just feel like that we have to stay in this box. You know, we can't get out of this box. And and there is so much more out there, yeah. but we but we just stay confined to the box. And uh, and I said that because um, I believe that if we would step out of the box, there will be more relationships, more resources, more so many other things that will, will benefit uh, the kingdom of God and also, you know, the um, New Hope World Presbytery.
0: Yeah, we can't be who we're fully called to be without one another. Um, Absolutely. And I, I mean that broadly and I mean that specifically between our two churches we have this Absolutely. opportunity to to live fully and do ministry fully and we can only do that at our best when we're one and that one Absolutely, day that one day will come and hopefully real yeah. soon oh yeah not soon enough for me I'm yeah. pretty impatient but someday <laughs> soon <laughs> It's coming. Uh, Alfred, how can we continue to follow you on your faith journey? What's a good way to find you?
1: Well, a good way to find me, you can go on Instagram um, at roundtree.alfred. Or you can go to our uh, Facebook page, our church Facebook page, which is Walton Grove, CPCA. And uh, you will find us. Found me there. Found us there, and also um, that's pretty much it. Well, on Thursday nights uh, here in the community, I have um, we have Tuesday night, what well, Thursday night community Bible study that we put on. Uh, me uh, and two other pastors in our community. We just said, up. We call it real talk. And we will get on uh, Facebook Live and bring up topics that um, you know, just we talk about, but, but talk about them from a spiritual perspective or a Christian perspective. And uh, and it's been amazing. We've been having a great turnout. Uh, you know, it's nothing formal. It's just we're we're just talking and discussing. And the Facebook the Facebook friends they are commenting and. And, and at the end, we will ask them uh, if you have anything that you would like for us to to uh, speak on a topic. You put it in the chat and we'll, you know, we'll make, make sure that we'll put it in our, you know, that uh, very soon we'll go to that topic. So it's been amazing. It's been, it really has.
0: Oh, wow. I like that. Boy, it sounds like it could be on the edge of controversy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But. <yes. laughs> but uh, tell me again if, if folks wanted to, to pop in and visit and participate. If it's called Real Talk, and, and where oh, can they find it?
1: It's called Real Talk. It's uh, It will be on my page,
0: uh, Okay, Alfred
1: Roundtree. And I will be sharing it from uh, one of the other pastors' uh, pages. So it will be uh, probably uh, – well, it will be shared to my page, and you see it from there.
0: Okay. All right. That yeah. sounds great, Alfred. Thank you for opening up your your life with me and sharing it, and and your faith journey, and transformation. You talk about transformation. You have quite yeah. a witness there, Alfred. And you've been yeah, a good friend yeah. to me. I re- and a big supporter of me, and likewise. I I deeply appreciate it. I really do. Oh,
1: likewise, TJ.
0: And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Grab a friend and travel with me on the next journey down Cumberland Road.